Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, I have with me Danielle Levy. She's a sought-after business coach and strategist. She helps six- and seven-figure online business owners expand with clarity and efficiency. After her experience in the traditional business world, Danielle established a boardroom league to give other entrepreneurs a little black book of trusted industry professionals to help them grow and scale their businesses. So, Danielle, welcome to the Success Great Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome to have you here, Daniel. So first of all, because this is the Success Secret Podcast, I want you to tell us your opinion or thoughts. What do you think or believe success is? And what do you see or hear people say success is and you don't agree with? Sure. So I would say success is um, personal and professional alignment for individuals. Um, And what I don't agree with is I don't think that's necessarily... Um, having the perfect personal life um, and being free of a professional life. I don't think it's either, you know, large amounts of money or a fancy title or any of those things. I think it's that alignment of where personal and professional happiness exists. Yeah, that's very important, actually. It's not just related to material things, like a lot of people connected to material things. Yeah. So now... I want to hear a little bit about your story because now you help six and seven figure online businesses to expand and grow, right? But where were Daniel like 10, 15 years ago? How did you reach to the point where you are now? Yeah, so I am, I'm a, a Boston, Massachusetts native and I had worked in um, communications consulting firms for probably 15 or 20 years and I got super burnt out and super tired and I went to graduate school. Um, And I had done really well for myself. I had a really great network. I had people literally that were like fighting over me to take different jobs in different agencies. And it was very flattering, but it was not a sustainable kind of pace. And when I came out of graduate school, I said, okay, well, now what I'm going to, what am I going to do? And I had a, um, an introduction from um, someone that I knew only very briefly who gave me my first client. And my, my first online client. Um, and it was actually in the education space. And I, and I loved it. I loved the creativity. I loved the momentum. I loved the flexibility. I loved um, the impact that it was making on people. But I realized that it was a whole other side to my professional journey that I didn't have any experience. So mm-hmm. I immediately started working in um, all of the agencies and with all the different kinds of clients because I really wanted to have a really strong baseline for what this new experience was going to be. 
Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this later at some point when we talk about the boardroom league, but those first years in the online space, it was my network that got me through because I knew how to work with clients, but I didn't understand the mechanisms and the marketing strategies involved with being in the online space. Um, and so it was a lot of hard learning and, um, almost 10 years later, um, I feel much more grounded in my skills and who I am and where I can add to teams. And it's, it's been fantastic, but, um, it's, it's almost like I've had two, two very distinct careers and I've had to start over. Yeah. So it's been interesting. It's been great. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of things that you unpack there, but now for you to help businesses basically grow, like the first thing that when you work with someone, what is the first thing that you see that caught your attention on these people or these businesses that are, let's say, stopping them from uh, what they want to achieve more? I always get real keen on the CEO um, or the the executive leadership and um, what they're doing. And are they doing things that are appropriate to their level within the company or are they you know, doing all the little bits and pieces that they should have a team doing? Are they empowering their team, but the team is falling short? I really just really get laser focused on on watching the 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 leadership and the ownership of the company um, and the the flow of information back and forth. Mm, yeah. So because a lot of things that happen between the upper, let's say, management in businesses or employees. So sometimes the employees don't say don't see, let's say, the value or the purpose of the the CEO's vision sometimes. So how do you think that these two people can work together? Yes, employees work for the company, but sometimes they think uh, these kind of decisions are not aligned or might not help the business. So how should the business owner or CEOs look into things and see and put people in alignment with each other, especially different employees or different, let's say, departments within the business? Yeah, I think it's about understanding um, the North Star of the business and the and the purpose of the business. And then also the foundations of the business in terms of the mission, in terms of the values and the expectations for people. So that even if someone doesn't have the exact answer or doesn't understand the exact problem, there's at least a guiding set of foundations um, that everyone is sort of thinking through the same lens. Mm, yeah, definitely. That's very important. So now the most important thing I assume in business, like any business that exists, of course, they want more revenues, more sales to have more profits. Right. So this is the business is definitely not a charity. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So how do you put a certain plan for action of these businesses to increase their sales that will result in increasing the profits and uh, this will lead to of course the growth of the business yeah so i always take a holistic view of the company um i break it into three parts um i always use the analogy of thinking about your business like a fancy hotel you've got your sales your marketing your pr efforts that are the front of the house mm. um you've got your finance your legal um your core team and your staff is the back of the house and then you've got the thing that makes you money um the reason that you're in business is the house right um and it's you know to your point it's not even just about bringing money in but it's making sure that once it's in it stays in and it's not leaking out the back because I've worked with many businesses that know how to drive revenue, but they do, mm -hmm. don't know how to manage expenses. Mm -hmm. So it's 
really taking a 360 degree look at the company to figure out how is money coming in, how is it being used, and then how is um, the lifetime value of any customer, you know, being maximized. So that's important. Like you mentioned, you put, let's say, marketing, sales, and PR in the same bracket. So do you think these are the three most important things to be in front of things to get the word out about the business or the product and get the customers and retain and retain the customers to stay with the business for a long haul? Because the longer the customer stays with the business, the longer you are going to sell to them. Um, no, I actually think the focus of the business should be on what is what's the money maker. Mm. Um, you can bring in all the sales you want to, but if your product or your service isn't solid, um, and once people buy, you know, if your refund rate is real high, or if there's a lot of negative reviews online, like that's working against you. So making sure, um, you know, that, that your product or service is really solid. And then also what its key differentiator is in the marketplace is is absolutely critical. Can you expand on that? How do, how do a certain business or company knows that their product can actually compete with other businesses or products in the marketplace? What are, let's say, the criteria to make sure, yeah, so this is my product is going to crush everything now? Well, I think it's about understanding what the niche is. You know, there's always different pricing strategies. You know, you can look at, you know, a Walmart-based strategy where it's high volume. You can look at a Tiffany's-based strategy, which is, you know, more high ticket. It's, so it's understanding your pricing strategy. It's understanding your delivery mechanism, um, how you're going to market. Um, it's very carefully understanding the marketing and the products of your competitors. I would say doing a competitive analysis probably quarterly um, mm. is a real good idea, even if it's just to validate, like continue the path that we're on. Um, that's okay too, right? Um, it's it's really understanding what you're bringing to the table and making sure that it's super solid. So now any business, should they, for example, focus, put their focus on different things or just one thing, like you mentioned, uh, the money makers, right? So these money makers, they could be one product, for example, or multiple ones. Does that depend on the uh, how the company is big or huge it is, and they can handle multiple, let's say, products, certain areas in the market, or they should focus all the time on certain product to put all the focus in one place? Um, I would say it depends on the maturity of the business and the amount of resources that they have. I would always rather do something really, really well than spread resources too thin. I also think, you know, they're, you know, you have to look at the buyer's journey. Mm. You know, they're, they might not come in and go right to your main offer right away. So what kind of nibbles are you giving them in, at the front end? After they buy, what are you, what are you keeping them engaged with? If they take the nibble, but then they don't want to go for the big fish, you know, what's a, a complimentary product? So it's, it's really understanding um, your customers and what they're looking for and how you can, you know, create an attractive product or service. And if you can replicate that in multiple products because you have the resources to do that, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but I would really encourage business owners to get real solid in one area of success before they try to stretch it. Yeah, that's very important because you then will know what areas or what type of products that work or related products that will work and you can like say double down on these kind of things instead of just wasting time on things or products that 
you think that might sell for example but actually they will not uh, have the ROI that you wished for exactly this boardroom league that you have created what exactly is the boardroom league and it's a trademarked <laughs> something yeah. so it's, it's an amazing thing that you have did what exactly is that and how it can do help businesses uh, Yeah, so um, the boardroom league, like I mentioned earlier, when I moved into this season of my career, it was really my network that got me through. And I think there's so many business owners that are so incredibly passionate about the thing that got them into business. But as you're going through business, there's so many things that come up. Um, that you you don't even imagine that all of a sudden you need to know what your marketing strategy is or you didn't know you needed legal advice or your financials aren't looking the way that you thought they would. And so really um, the boardroom league is a group of expert consultants in all areas of business. We come together with our each um, unique um, areas of expertise to make sure that business owners are really confident in all areas of their business. Mm, definitely. Uh, the, the way I see it in a business, there is a lot of talk, the best business to start this year, next year, the following year, whatever. But all businesses, yes, there are different dynamics to different businesses. For example, e-com is different from digital courses, for example, or whatever. But there are, in my opinion, there are three core components to any business as I am interviewing people, like for example, skills and passion, especially passions to solve problems. Yes. You mentioned here also networking and it goes both ways for who you know and who knows you. And the third thing is about like adding value and uh, providing value to people. And you do that in multiple ways. And the most important one with them is actually to do the selling, to sell. Because sometimes people don't know what they want And maybe they want it now, maybe they want it later, whatever. But you provide value to people and you sell them whatever it is that will solve their problems. Correct. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So like now, uh, Danielle, there is something I read in your profile that's called the ICE plan. So what is the ICE plan and does that relate to your boardroom league? Um. Yeah, that's an interesting parallel. I hadn't thought about it that way. So ICE plan is your in case of emergency plan. Mm. Um, And I think what happens with a lot of growing businesses is they just build momentum over time. Um, And ultimately, you know, an ICE plan in case of emergency doesn't need to be for an emergency. It might be because you're stepping away from your business um, because you tried to build in that flexibility. You know, it's the reason that we go to work for ourselves instead of, you know, working for, you know, a huge box business, right? But it's about, it's it's a methodology about empowering your team with, you know, the risk mitigation in place um, so that any individual is not the bottleneck to a business. And I will give you an example. So I was involved with a, a massive rollout. It was a multi-million dollar rollout. Um, and a couple, and one of the team members in particular that was doing a lot of the tech work for us, she, one of her pets had passed away mm-hmm. and it was very sad. Um, and we felt for her, but at the same time, when we could not reach her, it put the entire project at risk. Mm-hmm. And it was because there were not, there was not a contingency plan, um, for the business to create projects around functions rather than creating them around individuals. And so what the ICE plan does is before there's an emergency, before there's a vacation, you know, before any of those things comes up, 
it really allows um, either the executive team or um, the business owners to look at their business and say, let's go through all of these different areas so that if we ever need to empower someone to step into the business, that we're able to very easily. Speaking of that, like business owners or CEOs, sometimes these certain things that happen that either they think that they can do everything, especially if it's a small business, or don't know what exactly things that they can, let's say, push around to or delegate to other people to get the ball rolling on more rapid growth, right? So because everyone thinks that they know everything about everything. Right. Exactly. So how how do we know that this, for example, this function, certain function that needs to be delegated to other employees, which can actually get it done? Because certain things that people are afraid of or entrepreneurs are afraid of is that they are people not thinking the way that I am thinking and will not deliver what I actually want for the end goal or purpose of this. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that any one of us can control is our own time. And there's always going to be a fixed amount of time that exists. So at some point, something has to give. And it's about thinking about what am I passionate about? What am I excited about? What can somebody else do faster or better for me? You know, where are, you know, you, we want people in their zones of genius. Mm. Um, And that synergy together is what is going to move a business forward. I, I always use the example of I really struggle with um, like graphic design tools. Um, it will take me a really, really long time to create any kind of a graphic and they're not going to be very good. So is it worth me spending, you know, several hours to create a graphic or do I bring in a team member that can do it very quickly and then it's going to be better anyways. And so it's really thinking about with this resource that we only have, you know, a finite amount of how do we maximize it? Awesome. So what do you think are the best resources or tools, okay, so can help businesses grow with their business? You know, definitely a CRM um, where you understand what your customer flow is. Definitely um, some sort of project management tool, whatever that might be. And, you know, solid accounting software. You really need to understand your numbers. A lot of businesses don't know what are the coming in. And you mentioned what's a leaky bucket with the leaky bucket. They are not, don't know what are they wasting their money on. So how we can also avoid that and make sure that we are not wasting money in certain things that will not lead to the growth of the business. That's very important. A lot. It's important to focus on getting more revenue, right? But it's also important to know where are the leaks happening, especially if we can stop them and prevent them from being there. Correct. I think it's about looking at your P&L and your financial statements every month to figure out where the expenses are um, and which softwares, you know, have, for example, like they, they duplicate each other or where's their overlap in staffing or what are you paying for that you used to use that you no longer use? And I think it's looking for those kinds of efficiencies. Mm-hmm. That's very important, like because businesses always sometimes happens a lot of talk about businesses failing in the first year or five years or ten years because there are certain expenses that are not calculated or not measured and they keep draining the the money and the cash flow of the business and suddenly you are out of business because of that when you actually can prevent that a long time ago. Exactly, and I think also keeping. You know, an eye on your refund rate. Again, it's it's great to sell all the things, but if if 
if your refund rate is 95% of your sale rate, then obviously, you know, where's the problem? Is a problem with the product and service? Is it a problem with the marketing? Um, the Just understanding all of the numbers that you can within every area of your business is super critical. Okay, awesome. So can you share us with us some example of people you work with and how did you, let's say, improve or made the business grow exponentially with them? Yeah. Um, so I work across all different industries. Um, and I think the most important thing that I can do is come into a company and be able to have those direct conversations with leadership and with CEOs um, about taking them out of the center of the business and really pushing them into the, the forefront of the business um, so that they're that attractive character. Um, they're bringing the personality, they're bringing their great ideas to the business, and they're not kind of stuck in all of the day-to-day and and consistently um that is is what i try to do is is get people into the right seats within the business so can you expand on that like certain situation habit with certain business or entrepreneur in the business you are working with um sure so i have a a ceo right now his business is probably is bringing in multiple multiple millions per month um and he is the traffic controller of all of the social media, all all of the emails, of the product development, of every single piece of the business. Um, And what it's doing is it's leaving him completely burnt out and tired. Um, And his customers are very much looking for him to be a presence on YouTube. They're very much looking for him to be a presence on Instagram. And he's not able to create that great content anymore Mm -hmm. because he's so drained from trying to manage all of the different pieces of the business and the team members are feeling so dependent on him. And really, like I said, it's about taking him out of that middle seat and working with the teams so that they can develop those processes to be able to work together. And so that everything is flowing in the right direction. That's very important. Like when we talked about, it's hard to focus on all the things you have to have a team that is aligned with your, uh, let's say, values or the business culture to know where the business is going. Now, starting as a solopreneur, that's one thing. But when you start to expand and have other people work with you, you have to know how to, let's say, lead these people. And I don't want to say manage, leading these people and showing them maybe certain roles that they can themselves expand, expand the business and you helping them out with that. Exactly, yes. So, Danielle, what uh, certain, let's say, uh, books may be helpful to entrepreneurs in that regards? To do, Have you read or you know about that might be helpful to entrepreneurs to help them grow their businesses? Yeah. Um. You know what? One of my favorites, which is not considered um, a business book, but it's called The Year of Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And it's it's Shonda Rhimes's story about how she went through a year um, as a writer and a, a TV executive um, saying yes to every opportunity that came in front of her. Now, some could argue that, you know, like we talked about, that time is our most precious resource and that we shouldn't always yes. But actually, in this case, what it really demonstrated is when you push yourself out there to do the things that you haven't done before. Um, kind of outside of your comfort zone, how your confidence grows, how your perspective grows. Um, and as a leader, how much more powerful you are because you're not caught in the monotony of of the day-to-day. Yeah, you mentioned something very important here, like the comfort zone that have you faced 
entrepreneurs or business owners that they are afraid to grow their business? I have come across multiple entrepreneurs that almost are um, self-sabotaging their business because they don't have the confidence to take the business to the next level. And so, for example, I'm working with a CEO right now that, um, you know, he is the forefront of the business and he should be out selling very, very lucrative contracts. And he doesn't like making sales calls and he doesn't like having those conversations. He likes being in the strategy. He likes being in the creative. And um, so actually, this so this is an interesting, going back to your question about books, there's another book called Who Not How, and it's it's an incredible book. And so in this case, that was the strategy that we have decided upon. It was like this business owner was not going to be the who that learned how to sell it. And so we needed to find our who. Um, and so we're bringing in a sales team because it just took so much time for us to figure out that the CEO didn't want to be, didn't want to have that um, responsibility. Yeah. So how would, how would that person grow their businesses if they are not in a place where they are not willing to do that and just stay with the creative? Maybe this kind of people need actually the people or the sales drip or the, a certain team that will take this, let's say, uh, responsibility out of their hands maybe exactly yes exactly but will they have the courage to do that that is something different yes because within this company there is the who not how philosophy um so it was identified it was once we realized that we did not have the proper who um we were going to go out and find that that who and that we had all of the mechanisms for the fulfillment and the development we had the how right? We just needed our right who. Um, and that was very much a part of the culture. Um, and so once, you know, we really came to terms with that, um, we were able to put a plan in place um, to course correct, which was great. Well, Danielle, uh, uh, where can people get in touch with you, learn more about you? Sure. Um, I would say Instagram is the best place to, to find me. Um, Danielle underscore C underscore Levy. Mm, awesome. Well, thank you, Danielle, for being you for with me in this me. episode. Thank you. Thank you so much.